mini-sermon? I don't know. I don't know if it works that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're grateful that you're here. As I said, we're not a church that shows off because we have really nothing to show off except our Savior. And that's what I hope that you saw this morning. And uh, the only thing that's normally a little bit different is the preacher goes long normally. That would be the only difference between this Sunday and every other Sunday. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 51, we're going to start reading. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we need your help in the next few minutes. I thank you that we can take some extra time this morning and sing about you, our living hope. And we can sing about the fact that our hope is in you alone. You are our cornerstone. And you're everything to us. And you've risen, and thank God that you rose from the dead. And thank you that in the storms of life, you will hold us fast. Pray you bless the next few minutes. Bless the preaching of your word. We love you. We need you. I pray that if there's someone here today that does not know you as their Savior, that today might be the day they find and experience true hope. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. No one likes to talk about death. But did you know that's one of the couple certainties in life? Everyone is going to die at some point. You're like, Pastor, you're supposed to be encouraging this morning. We'll get there in a minute, okay? But everyone has a birth date, and someday everyone will have an expiration date. Death wins every single time. You think about there have been two people that have not died according to the Scripture. And those are Enoch and Elijah. They were just taken up to heaven. But other than those two, all those throughout history up to this point have died. What hope is there in life if death is all that we see? Those that don't know the Lord, I don't know how they make it through their life. Because literally... What do you have to look forward to? You can earn all this money in life. You can have all the best cars, the best house, the best everything. And then someday you're going to die and it means nothing. And without hope, what is there? Mankind has been searching for hope for a long time. Death is the enemy that has stalked everyone that's alive. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 9, 27, as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Some die in old age. Some die before they're even born. Some die young. Some get sick. 
Some die in car accidents. Some die of cancer. Some die in their sleep. But it is appointed unto men once to die, and then the judgment. God's intent was not for man to die. But if you remember, going back to the Garden of Eden, God made man a living soul, the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number uh, 2, verse 17, it says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 12, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Isn't that what God said in the garden? You eat of that tree, you shall surely die. I know Satan said, no, you won't. God doesn't know what he's talking about, but God always knows what he's talking about. So wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. The Bible tells us in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. That doesn't leave us much hope, does it? That kind of brings the story to a close with not a great future. You see, as we look at this this morning, death had to be defeated. But may I just tell you today, man could not defeat death on its own. Because man in himself is not good enough and not powerful enough to do it. Man is the one who sinned. But you also got to understand something. God couldn't just come and God couldn't take our place because man's the one who sinned. So God himself couldn't fix the problem. And man himself could not fix the problem. So what was God's solution to man's problem? I'm going to create the God-man, Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, because man had to die for man's sins, but man isn't good enough to die for their own sins, but God is good enough to die for the sins of the world, and that's what gives us our hope today. The verses we read, we go back to our text in verse 55. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, there is a sting in death, isn't there? When you lose a loved one, someone, maybe a spouse, maybe a parent, there is a sting in death. Oh, death, where's thy sting? There's a sting every time someone dies. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The grave always wins, doesn't it? The sting of death is sin. The Bible tells us here, and the strength of sin is the law. But what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, changed everything. He ushered in hope that no one could ever do. Verse 57 tells us, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this morning, yeah, death might sting a little bit, but we have hope. Death doesn't win anymore because death got defeated that day in the garden tomb. Death was perfect up till that point. Death had never lost a battle. But that day, death lost. And life won. And because of that, we have a living hope. I want to take the next few minutes and talk about our living hope. Number one, we see the gospel brings hope. The gospel brings hope. We look at our text, 1 Corinthians 15. We go back to the beginning of the chapter. Verse number one says, Moreover, brethren... I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, 
and herein ye stand. What is the gospel? Look at verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and then he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. That is the gospel this morning. The gospel brings hope to mankind. We see letter A, that Jesus came to restore everything that death took away. See, that day in the garden, Adam and Eve, Adam, when he ate the fruit, death entered into the picture, and because of that, death has passed upon all men. Jesus came to restore everything that death took away. Scripture tells us in John 19, verse number, or is it Luke 19.10? Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He came to bring life back to dead sinners. You see, our hope this morning, the gospel brings us hope. We know that Jesus restored everything. We think about this, that Jesus conquered two forms of death. He conquered two forms of death. We start with spiritual death. Yeah, that day in the garden, did Adam and Eve die physically that day? No. But spiritually they died. Their spirit was dead. The Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter number 2, and I wrote down some references there for you, 2, 1 through 9. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Oh, people walk around. You know, we, you think of zombies, the living dead? That's really what this world is. Now, I'm not trying to get you to picture all those things, but I, that's really what it is. There are a lot of living people that are spiritually dead today. And that's how we enter into this world. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, when he cried out and is finished, when he rose again the third day, he conquered death for you and for me. And because of what he did, he conquered that spiritual death. And when you trust Christ as your Savior, you are made alive. You are quickened. That's why you must be born again. Not out of the womb, but born again. The Spirit must be made alive. And Christ does that. But not only did he conquer spiritual death, letter B, he conquered physical death. Think about that. Coming out of the tomb three days later. And he just didn't swoon. He wasn't just taking a nap for three days. He was dead. He died. The Son of God died. And no, they didn't just take him out of the tomb. They didn't just put his body somewhere. No, over 500 people one time saw him alive. The disciples saw him alive. And we see these group of scaredy cats who hid in an upper room going and preaching the gospel everywhere. Why? Because they saw their king was alive. The gospel brings hope. Let her see, faith in Jesus brings instant everlasting life. John 3, 16, for, whosoever sh for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 5, 24, the scripture tells us, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life 
and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. As a child of God, you possess eternal life. John 10, 28 tells us that no man can pluck you out of his hand. And the Bible tells us in 1 John 5, verse number 12, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. This morning, the gospel brings hope. Number two, this morning, heaven brings hope. Heaven brings hope. Hey, without what Jesus did on the cross, there would be no heaven. There would be no afterlife in heaven with the Lord. You see, what happens is, letter A, salvation destroyed death's power over the soul. You see, we are all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. And because of sin, because of what happened, we all are sinners. And sinners cannot inherit eternal life with the Lord in heaven. Sinners cannot go and be with God forever. Do you know where sinners belong? Hell. The Bible tells us in Psalm 9, 17, the Bible says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. That's where we're headed. But because of what Jesus did for us, our redeemed soul gets to spend eternity with the Lord. Heaven brings hope. Letter B, heaven, is Paul, heaven also changes the soul's eternal destiny. Before heaven, it was hell. Hey, if you're in the service today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but because I care enough about you, I'm going to tell you the truth this morning. A lot of people don't speak, and this is the thing, a lot of times you can't really handle the true truth. The truth is we are all damned to hell. That is the truth. Because of our sin, you say, well, it's not fair that because one man sinned, we all sin. You ever have to teach your children how to be selfish? Did you ever have to teach your kids how to say no? Did you ever have to teach your kids how to fight with another kid? No. It's natural. You have to teach them how to share. You have to teach them how to be kind. You have to teach them to obey. Why? Because it's not natural. The, that's because we're sinners. And our eternal destiny was changed because of heaven. Because of what Jesus did. And that's what Jesus told his disciples in John 14, verse 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so... I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Salvation changed the soul's eternal destiny. Do we have a letter C? Or do we have a number? Oh, sorry. I didn't get a notes up here for myself today, so I'm just going off the top of my head. So we already got this. The lost soul's headed to hell. I mentioned that already, didn't I? That's sometimes where I don't like giving out outlines because I don't always follow my outline. And you can see that here this morning. Number two, the redeemed soul is going to heaven. We talked about that already. I just uh, gave it to you before I gave it to you. So everyone got those? Let's go on to the next one. Number three, the resurrection brings hope. Man, you think about that. Could you imagine? I spend time thinking about, and we got to end here in a couple minutes. Spend time thinking about those disciples. Can you imagine giving your life 
to follow Jesus. Think about Peter, James, and John. They're successful fishermen. Matthew's a tax collector. He was doing pretty well for himself. And we see those things, and Jesus says, Hey, follow me. Leave it all. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. They gave up everything and followed Jesus. They thought he was going to usher in his kingdom. They thought that time had come. And as we think about the passage and we think about all the things that happened, imagine that day when Jesus died. All their hope was gone. The last three years, I think they thought were wasted. They thought they were going to die. If they killed our Savior, they're going to kill us too. But that Sunday morning brought hope. And Jesus tried to tell them over and over again, but they just didn't get it. But the resurrection brings hope. What does the resurrection do? Letter A, it guarantees who our Savior is. Yeah, we know this morning as Christians that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Say, how do you know that? Where's his tomb today? Where is he? Oh, you can go find a lot of other gods that people have, human gods, and you can go find their tomb. And their bodies there are what's left of it today. Can you find Jesus? And they say, well, that garden tomb, they don't even know. Sorry if you've been there. It might be where he was, but it might not be where he was. Because they really don't know. The Bible tells us in Romans 1, 4, the Bible says, And declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. You know what the resurrection does? It brings hope. It lets us know who our Savior is, and Jesus Christ is our Savior. It also guarantees our salvation. Later on, read through 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14 through 20. I mentioned it in our sunrise service this morning. And when I mentioned it this morning in that service, if there was no resurrection, there would be no hope. There would be no faith. There would be no forgiveness of sins. We would have nothing. We would be men most miserable if we only had hope in this life. But Christ is risen, Paul said, and thank God for that today. Thirdly, let her see, it guarantees a similar resurrection for us. Someday, we read a minute ago, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. See, what's the Lord going to do? Jesus will raise our bodies. Someday, and we don't have time, but if you go to 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 through 18, the Bible says that the trump of God is going to sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught together with the Lord in the air, and we will ever be with the Lord. He is coming again. When he comes next time, he's not coming all the way to earth the next time. We're meeting him in the clouds. And then seven years later, he'll come back to earth. But he will raise our bodies. Jesus will also change our bodies. Hey, Christian, there'll be no more sin. There'll be no more corruption. No, there, what are we going to put in corruption? We're going to be changed. We're going to be as he is. We will be, as the scripture tells us, we will be like him that next slide up there. It'll be like him. 1 John 3, verse 1 through 3. I love these verses, and we're going to read them. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he, Jesus, shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him 
purifieth himself even as he is pure. The resurrection brings hope. It also brings, lastly, a better day awaits us in heaven. Romans 8, verse number 18, the Bible says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Hey, this world is longing for hope. We found hope. We found it in our Savior. Man, the gospel brings hope. Heaven brings hope. We're supposed to comfort one another with these words. The resurrection brings us hope. There's hope today in Jesus Christ. Verse 57 of our text, and I close with this, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You want hope today? He is found in a person, Jesus Christ. I love that song, My Hope is Built on Nothing Less Than Jesus' Blood and His Righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is our living hope. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never experienced true hope. Jesus came to offer you true hope. There might be someone here this morning that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, and today might be the day that you need to trust Him. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes this morning. Father,